part-time fanboy. Frankenstein the car is that is that currently is there something available right now that I can go read or, or is it... uh yeah uh okay. so we wrapped up the issue two Kickstarter in uh mm. October so that's actually we're getting we've been getting pages in right like as we're speaking uh the finished pages for for number two uh number one should be available through uh our our Ko-Fi uh so you okay. can go and get a digital, or if you're a physical guy, we can mail you a physical copy of Frankenstein number one as well. Um, I think Christian may even have like the the press copy that that I we sent him when do, we did. But I do not yeah. send it to anyone without ah. author's permission because I am a nice guy. Like you that. are a so, nice guy. <laughs> but if you want me to forward it to Evis, I will. It's up to you. Or I don't. I don't mind. No. <laughs> okay, I have it, Evis. You know, it's I awesome. Would, I would. I would much rather someone uh, read it and not pay for it than pay for it and not read it. Honestly. Oh, really? That that's yeah. I just I just want people to read it. Dalton, you you're messed up in the head. I think Christmas is affecting your brain. Well, <laughs> I well, 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 Christian, I appreciate it, but you know what? I I I want to. I like supporting independence and everything. I'd rather buy it and I will read it because I wouldn't. Rock on. I wouldn't buy it and not if i didn't want it the if the topic didn't topic didn't interest me i wouldn't buy it but that's an interesting topic and so i I'd, I'd rather support you buy it hell yeah and be able to read it and enjoy it and you know well if and you then, like conan that. you will like that book you will like <laughs> there that you go like, then well, there you go uh, well i i think our technical difficulties have been solved so we can begin Excellent. our conversation uh if we would like to uh let's just start off by saying this is the part-time fanboy podcast my name is christian horn i have with me on the line evis Cannavale, part-time fanboy regular and all-around christmas elf and then we have a very special <laughs> guest um we have dalton k shannon returning to the podcast very Yee, exciting at it again <laughs> it's it's our christmas episode and what else do you want to talk about on christmas but Conan the Barbarian. Dalton K. Shannon, tell us about your book, first of all. You were talking with Evis a little bit before we actually uh, were able to get the recording working. <laughs> Come on, people. I can't help it. It's, it's a mess over here. It's Christmas time. I blame Christmas. I blame Christmas on everything. Dalton, tell people about your book. You've been on the podcast before. Um, I very yeah. much enjoyed it. I was kind of uh, selling it up to Evis. Um, but uh, tell us about um, your book. Yeah, so uh, I am the co-creator, co-writer of Frankenstein the Unconquered, which uh, if we're just in an elevator for about two seconds, I just have to say Frankenstein meets Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. And that should sell it on its own. Uh, 500 years after the end of the original novel, Frankenstein thaws from the ice and starts cutting a swath of destruction across the land, uh, very Conan the Barbarian style. Uh, it's got over-the-top action. It's got universal horror monsters, swords. It, I mean, everything you could ever want is in this comic book. I don't know what else anyone would ever need. Besides, 
yes. undead monsters with swords fighting monsters. It's, it's great. great. It gets the part-time <laughs> fanboy seal of approval. Boom. Yeah. Stamp it. Stamp it. <laughs> With the part-time fam, I very much enjoyed the book. I very much enjoyed chatting with you last time we had you on. And the reason that you are uh, on this podcast is because on this particular episode is obviously I liked your book. And obviously there is a time, uh, like a sort of connection to Conan, Barbarian, like fantasy mm-hmm. sort of stuff with your book. But in the last podcast, you had mentioned that you had never seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's uh, true. Conan the Barbarian film. So I gasped. I went, what? (laughs) You've written this book and you've never seen Conan the Barbarian. And so I said, at some point, we got to have you back to talk about Conan the Barbarian. And coincidence (laughs) of coincidences, Fathom Events was um, screening the film for like two days in the middle Mm -hmm. of December for the movie's 40th anniversary. Evis and I actually went to the theater together to go see it because we both love this movie, but Dalton has not seen it. So we could be entering a very dangerous sword and sorcery zone where Dalton hates the movie, and the two of us absolutely (laughs) love this movie, and we have a sword and sorcery duel on the podcast, but well, I just I just want to know if Dalton's going to change his pitch if he decides he doesn't like the movie. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's like it's Frankenstein meets Cole the Conqueror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, we're gonna make it Frankenstein meets Jaws 3D. That's yeah. what it's gonna be. awesome. Oh, That's what I'm talking about yeah. Jaws 3D. Frankenstein terrorizing not very far. It just keeps coming back. That movie. It's like the shark. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Evis won't let it die. At least I don't bring up Howard the Duck at every moment. Evis like. Even, any why chance not? Evis gets, he's yeah, like, why don't you? That no one stops you. Jaws three D. So Dalton, <laughs> why don't we start with you since you are our, our, our esteemed guest? Um, why why don't we begin with um, some initial thoughts? First of all, did you like the movie? I mean, you I don't think that you ran out to the theater to see it like like we did, right? Like, you, there, no. was there a Fathom event screening in your area? This this podcast is not sponsored by Fathom events, uh, by the way. <laughs> I just you know like to let them, uh, let the people know. But what do you think? Wait, how am I getting paid for this? <laughs> paid? What? What? Oh, it's sorry. Christmas Eve. It's Christmas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Scrooge, bah humbug. Uh, but anyway, Dalton, what what were your initial? What are some of your initial thoughts on the uh, the Conan the Barbarian film? Yeah, uh, so we did have a Fathom events uh, near us, but uh, I just I just rented it on on YouTube. Uh, I, it's actually, surprisingly hard to find. It's not streaming anywhere, which I thought was very odd. That's really um, odd. Yeah, so it took me a little bit to hunt it down, um, which. It, it feels nice. It's Christmas with Conan. Uh, it's his 40th anniversary, and uh, on Christmas it will be my 30th anniversary. Oh, so it, it felt oh, like we were you're kind a Christmas of Christmas baby. Full, a Christmas baby. Yes. Oh, Merry uh, Christmas! Wow. Happy uh, birthday! Uh, thank you. Uh, so it, it felt uh, very appropriate to sit down with with, uh, with Conan here, especially considering <laughs> Frank. Uh, but initial thoughts on the film? You know, uh, I liked the wardrobe. Oh, wardrobe is was good. Uh, the music was good. The music um, is amazing. Music's great. Wardrobe's great. Uh, and the onset uh, shooting, uh, on location shooting, was pretty cool. Um, but the the rest is hard to talk about because uh, it was hard to stay awake. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, Dalton damn, Key Shannon did not like Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> We're gonna have some fighting. I, muscle I, like, fights. I like to tie him to the tree of woe. Yeah, 
I, I like Conan uh, in the comics and the the pulpy uh, magazines. It, it I don't know. It always felt more kinetic, and I was like, oh, the movie should be just as kinetic. And uh, I was uh, a little, uh, I was a little let down. It wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life, mind you. Uh, I haven't seen Momoa's Conan, so I, I don't know oh. if that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it probably just. Uh, might be a generational divide. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, I mean uh, that's funny because I mean I, I guess I can understand that if all you've, I mean, if you've read the the books and the comics and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and those are your stories. I actually read my very first uh, um, Conan story the other night. Evis actually gave me a collection for Christmas. Um, oh, nice. Of, of like, I think it's like eighteen Robert E. Howard. Um, stories so like in the there. whole set what's that it's got to be like the whole set right there's, I, there's not that i think much there were Howard like Conan. 17 published and then like yeah. 20 early 20s like 22 um 22 complete stories and only 17 of which were published so i think okay. there's 18 in this collection but i read the first yes. one the frost giant's daughter and i loved it i was like how have i never sought this out before i just mm-hmm. thought it was like really great but I mean, for me, I love this movie. I mean, this, I originally thought it was, uh, Evis corrected me a while. Evis and my friend, Paul, who comes on the podcast, corrected me. Um, I thought this was the first rated R movie I ever saw in the theater. My uncle took me mm. to see it, but it turns out what, what's the name of that Chuck Norris movie, Evis, that I keep oh, silent uh, something. Silent. Yeah, uh, uh, silent but deadly. I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember, but there was a Chuck Norris movie apparently that came out before Conan the Barbarian that my uncle inappropriately took me to to see yeah. um, before Conan the Barbarian. But um, no, I I think I love Conan the Barbarian. I love the sets. I love the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, oh, everything. Silent is really- Rage. Sorry. Sorry. Silent, silent rage. rage. Okay. Okay. But yeah, no. This has always been a movie that's like uh, been really close to my heart, probably because part of the reason I was sitting in the theater and it just blew my mind. Like, I think I mm-hmm. must, it's 82. So I probably would have been like 10, nine, 10, totally under a, not the appropriate age <laughs> to be exposed to this in the eighties, having never seen anything like this before, at least in my brain. Um, particularly like I, th- I remember the witch sex scene kind of blowing my mind and being like, <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm not supposed to be looking at this. Am I? Um, uh, and the scene in the beginning of the movie where Conan's mother gets beheaded, like right in front of him. Mm-hmm. I remember those particular moments, like really blowing my mind and really being into it and just revisiting it over the years. I just love the development of the story I love how everything kind of unfolds. Um, I love how uh, it's what's interesting to me. What one of the uh, particularly this last screening, what I really enjoyed was how the sort of story starts off like very basic and sort of like like there's no dialogue up until like he doesn't say anything up until the point where somebody says Conan, what is best in life? And then he, you know, he has that classic. Yeah. That sort of like classic bit of dialogue. And that's the, those are the first words that he says. And at first it seems it starts off like very sort of like B kind of like, like B movie kind of tropes in the beginning or adventure. And then I just like how it kind of develops into a movie about 
like building your crew and how they almost become like a family in certain ways without saying it. Right. Because I mean, today now you have all these movies, like I, I won't say they have a lot of cars in them and there's, they do a lot of things that I, I've never seen one of them, the fast and the furious movies, but I've, I've been exposed to enough other entertainment to know that it's like, this is family. We're all about family, 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 family. And I, I just really enjoyed how the, the arc of the character went. And I, and quite honestly, I really do think that this is for me, like at least acting wise, I think this is Schwarzenegger's best movie. I mean, I think that, that it is probably um, the deepest he's ever been in any movie. And we are talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger here. So, I mean, you know, but I feel like this character has more of an arc than maybe any, I mean, what is he famous for, right? The Terminator movies and, and how much do you stretch in that? I mean, he's had other action movies, but I think that this is the only movie that, in at least in my recollection, where Schwarzenegger, or that I've seen, where Schwarzenegger has an arc, and you sort of like are able to identify with the character a bit, right? Right. So, but Dalton didn't feel that way. What about you, well, Evis? First, first <laughs> of all, we would be blessed and lucky to have Don Toretto play Conan the Barbarian, sir. Oh. I'll not have any Fast and Furious oh, here. No. <laughs> oh God. No, no. no here I'm we kidding. go. No. Gloves are off. No. Gloves are off. <laughs> Also, uh, are you forgetting the masterpiece that is 1997's Batman and Robin starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze? <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Dalton's stepping into it all over the place. He's laying landmines. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's just, ter- he's throwing over tables, people. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> what about you, Evis? How about you? No, I think, yeah, I, I, the way you cannot think of Superman without thinking of Christopher Reeve, you cannot think of Conan without Arnold Schwarzenegger. I yeah. mean, he defines it. I mean, even that, you know, even when they tried to do it with Jason Momoa, it just didn't work. Like, it just, I just, all I wanted to see was Schwarzenegger. I wanted him to continue on. And if you want to see it, if you thought Conan the Barbarian had issues, maybe you should watch Conan the Destroyer, Dalton. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, don't do that. You don't have to do that. No, actually, you know what? I think he actually might be entertained by that one. Maybe. I think, he, I, I think, I think he might be entertained by that one because that's got some nutty stuff in it. Yeah. I mean, so, the worst thing a movie can be is boring. Uh, so it, as well, long as it's entertaining, like, I don't know. I think Destroyer will entertain you. I'm not. It's not good. boring. I'm not saying it's good. It's good. But it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's boring. It doesn't but, have uh, to be good to be entertaining. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think this was Schwarzenegger trusting John Milius to direct him because he was like, "Look, I just treat me like a blank slate and just point me in the direction. Let me and just tell me what you want me to do." Yeah, yeah. And I think what really for me. And this is a little thing, at least for me, it was a little thing. But it was the first time I noticed it, when he got thrown into the pit in the in the in the scene where he got taken from the, the the wheel of pain, and put into the pit to fight for the first time, and that look of like, it was childlike confusion. It wasn't the confusion yeah, yeah. that the adult has when they get thrown into something they're not quite sure about. He just looked like a little boy at that for for a few for a few minutes, just looking around. His eyes were wide. He's like, "What's going on?" Has no clue why this person's attacking him, why he's put in this pit. And I thought that was just uh, uh, that to me like solidified how good of a performance he was he did. I, that to me was a great scene. Yeah. Um, and I think overall, uh, yeah, the, I think the film is it. it I I'm not going to deny that the film is can be a little draggy, but I'm just so mesmerized by the world that's being built and and that I'm being a part of. And so I was thrown. I, I felt like I was connected in that sense. Uh, 
I just like that everything had a name. You had the Wheel of Pain, the Tree of Woe. Was there a rock called the Rock of Dam, or the you know, or the 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 grass of Dam- of Jesus? You know, I mean, everything had a name. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I love that uh, James Earl Jones. Everyone talks about him as Darth Vader. Man, his Thulsa Doom is just he's fantastic. He's great just, in this. Yeah. There's no denying. Best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. You it, know, I mean, his performance. He's he's got such gravitas and and just. Just oozes everything I like. I mean, it's it's he's so good in that film. Um, overall, I mean, yeah, I, I I do love this movie. I've never, I've actually personally never read the Conan stories. I gave them that to you now, but now that Christian gave me a Conan uh, graphic novel that I can dive into, but I've always loved the movie itself. So yeah, I think the movie's just fantastic. Yeah. So Dolan, why don't you break down some of your problems with it? Because I don't I don't want to just shut you down and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. But I mean, uh, for me, I very much one of the things that I very much like is the structure of it, right? Like I like his introduction. I like the whole, like Eva said, like the world building. I like you said the wardrobe, like I love like all that stuff. I love for me, and you may be right. Generationally, there may be a thing where to me, it's like while I was watching it this time, it really felt like a Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing, particularly when they mm-hmm. get to the part where the king is like, go rescue my daughter. Because I don't know if it's just because I'm tired during the holidays or I don't know like what was going on. There were a lot of beats in the story that I was not remembering when I went to see the screening. And I was like, okay, so where do we go from here? And so where do we go from here? And that's one of the things that I really like is that it's sort of like chapters, right? Like it builds upon like where it's going, right? Like, like, like Eva said, it, it starts off with, you know, I mean, it starts off with his village getting massacred, right? Then he's on the wheel of pain. Then he's being trained. You're sort of going through that whole origin story and then he escapes and then he's starting to sort of build his team, right? And they become thieves. And then beyond that, then there's like a larger quest. Like, so that is very much what I like, very much like the structure. And I like how simple it is um, with like little under layers of like complexity in there that don't need to be too stressed. You know what I'm saying? But what are some of the problems that you have with it coming from your Uh, background? I mean, Frankenstein, the unconquered and all that stuff, having a love for this sort of stuff. Well, first I, uh, I just want to call out the best part of the entire film is when Thulsa Dune takes a snake and makes an arrow out of it and yeah. shoots somebody with it like that. Oh yeah, that's if, awesome. If the whole movie, if the whole movie had just done that kind of stuff, it would have been uh, a little a little easier to to mm-hmm. swallow. But I think my uh, and it's not to say that I think this movie is is bad by any means. Uh, it's it's just very slow, um, and I think the the major problems I have with it probably stem from what I like about Conan stories. Uh, and and how it's not really represented in this film. Uh, this movie tends to, it seems like it's taking Conan and making it Hollywood, which you know you, you got to it's eighty two. Conan's never been adapted into anything but comics at this point. So uh, you you have a very Hollywood structure. You have a setup. You've got the the team building. You've got the the romance subplot. You've got the you know a three act structure structure essentially. And, and I think what I like about Conan stories is how much of uh, how much of westerns they tend to be where uh conan arrives at a place solves a problem and then leaves uh it makes the world feel really big because conan can just be at a place solve a problem and then go it's very self-contained each world uh you don't know what you're getting next uh it, it, the, the world just feels like there's something around every corner 
Uh, and this movie felt very small in, in that it, it, it felt like, well, first of all, the movie didn't even feel like it started until half an hour in when he finally like is freed by his, his uh, captors and uh, has, has sex with the witch. That's uh, like, oh, <laughs> and now the movie's, it's like, now the movie's starting. Okay. Um, Conan, Conan always feels better when he's like a force of nature to me and uh, giving him that origin felt very like, uh, this is going to sound damning, but it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. It felt like Rob Zombie's Halloween where they were giving us too much backstory oh. for the character. Oh, oh. That's yeah. interesting. Because, it, 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 you know, Conan to me is like this primal force of nature that uh, is unconquered. He's unbeatable and he uh, just goes on these epic adventures and kills these epic monsters and, and lays with epic women. And this one felt very low-key and very... Uh, very grounded in a way that didn't feel as fantastical as I wanted it to be. Uh, and I think that's probably the main issue I had with it. It's slow, it's plodding, and it feels just kind of small. Um, and then you know, that, that's ignoring the, the acting chops of most people in the film outside of um, James Earl Jones. But uh, but no, I, like, I, I had a fine enough time with it. it, it like I said, the wardrobe's great, the music's great. Uh, and there were moments where I was like, oh, dude, that's actually really cool. Um, but but for the most part, my eyes were getting a little heavy. No, I understand. I think I understand so, where you're coming from. And I think that what you're talking about is are the problems that I've heard people who enjoy the stories really like mm -hmm. about it. So that may be obviously Evis and I are a little more ignorant to those than you know, uh, than we were of the movie. Uh, the movie mm -hmm. was definitely my first exposure to Conan, what Conan is yeah, and stuff like that. for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And um, for me, what's interesting is what you seem, it's interesting that you, you say like as a Western, right? Like Conan mm -hmm. shows up, saves the day, does whatever he does, lays with women and then leaves. But the Westerns that I really like are the ones that have, sort of m much more sort of subtext, much more character development, mm -hmm. stuff like the Magnificent Seven, stuff like um, right. um, Once Upon a Time in the West, the Sergio Leone stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, and the Sergio Leone stuff is very primal. I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but that's a long movie, you know what I'm saying? And right. stuff like that. I mean, uh, what's the Gary Cooper, High Noon, stuff like that, mm -hmm. where it's like there's, a bit more to it. Like what you're talking yeah. about with Westerns when I was a kid is the thing that I always hated about Westerns or when I was okay. young, I used to dismiss them. Yeah. I used to be like, ah, oh, Westerns are just dumb. It's just guys with guns until I got older. And I think, um, the Magnificent Seven might've been the first one where I was like, oh wait, there's more here, right? Like mm -hmm. it's saying more. And yeah. While I don't think that Conan is like saying more, I really sort of like, well, I think like, and, and it's interesting that you say Hollywood, because I think in a Hollywood way, this is very epic. I mean, for the time it was made, sure. I mean, looking at like, I just, there's the scenes with the, th the cult of the snakes, right? Like mm -hmm. we're in the mountains and I'm like, those are people like, or mm -hmm. at least like dummies or, or whatever they've lined up going up the mountain. They built that temple. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? No, like that is the very phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I was, I was kind of blown away by like all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. uh, I love yeah. the opening. I love the village raid. I love like every, his, his, his family getting massacred. Like that stuff mm -hmm. like draws me in. Now, as far as like a modern sensibility of like filmmaking, 
yeah, I'm sure like maybe you could go in and make it more, you know, primal or, or, but I mean, for me, I was just very, I've always been like the village, he gets captured and I love the narration. I love, I love the narration. Oh yes. Yeah. The, the narration is so uh, good. That's it's, it's usually so, I hate that. It's stuff. so intrinsic to Conan that that's, uh, that heavy narration focus. Um, I love Mako. Just, the narration was great. Yeah. Uh, there's something to be said about like a character driven Conan story. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think it, it's mostly a personal taste because I, I like the legend of Conan. I like how it feels bigger than a single man. Yeah. Uh, and so it okay. feels epic and, and grand. Uh, and when, uh, for me at least, when you make Conan just another guy, uh, especially Arnold Schwarzenegger, it, it makes it, it takes a, it, it makes the legend feel a little smaller. Uh, it, it's it's like when I don't know, yeah if he gave Superman a drug problem, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I want to see him go fly and hit meteors and stuff. I, I don't want to see him struggle with addiction. Uh, that may be a loose metaphor, but I, you know, I, uh, I think a character driven Conan story works and they have been done before and they've been done excellently. It just may not be to my personal taste. Sure. Sure. I, Absolutely. I think that the, this kind of, you know, it's the whole concept of, of the origin story for character yeah. and your interesting character for the first time. And I mean, to be honest, I, I, even to this day, I still struggle with the idea of why did we need an origin story for Conan? Like he's, I mean, right. you know, did I need to see him pushing the wheel of pain till he became a buff guy? Like all mm -hmm. that tells me is that, look, if they had just made him pick wheat, he wouldn't have be that buff. And they wouldn't have <laughs> that. So, you know, so yeah, the idea that, I, I like the idea. Like I said, I, like Christian said, I've never read the Robert E. Howard stuff, and I'm going to actually start doing that because I am curious about it. But I do like the idea that if if the film had started with Schwarzenegger as fully formed, and he yeah. just came in and just started just you know doing his thing, I I don't I wouldn't have had a problem with it because I mean I'm just figuring he's a, just a buff barbarian who knows how to fight really well. Like I don't need to. Maybe in 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 as the story progresses, we learn about the fact that his mother was mm -hmm. beheaded by Thulsa Doom and everything. So yeah, so uh, I've always been kind of back and forth with origin stories, like because once because the origin stories can be done really well, but then you know you wanted to get into it. So that's why sometimes sequels, when it comes to these like these characters, are more entertaining because we're already already know the story, so we can just get into it, yeah. get into mm -hmm. the main source well, of the story. But I mean, I, think I feel like makes... oh sorry, go ahead. No, I, was, I, th I think it makes sense for the era the film was released in like, yeah. like at, at the time most people probably like maybe knew of conan the barbarian like there, there wasn't that kind of cultural osmosis that there is today with the character so it makes sense that they would structure a film like that where you have yeah. the slow build up the origin everything it, the origin stories aren't as rote as they are today back in 82 so it can I, I completely see where they were coming from it's just from a modern lens it can it can really drag the pacing down well but it's funny because i mean the mm -hmm. film opens up literally with a village being massacred and his mother's head being like cut off like i mean that's pretty right. intense that's not like just some like you know that's not sure. like pa kent on the farm you know uh it, talking to clark it, kent and stuff like that like i mean that's a pretty well really well shot and well executed particularly mm -hmm. for that time. I mean, there's some wonderful cinematography, particularly when there that kind of like wolf guy shows up on the rock mm -hmm. and there's like the sun and then the horses come like, you know, and you've got the soundtrack and all that stuff. Like, like they open up with the dad explaining the riddle of, 
of steel or whatever, crom, like that sort of thing. Very much like that. And then the sort of, you know, the raid on the village. And it's like, to me, that's like, Mm -hmm. how else do you open a film? And then obviously you open it up kind of with a bang and then things need to slow down a bit so that you can Mm -hmm. build up again. You know what I mean? Um, I think, I think something, I I think what could have at least changed my uh, feeling watching it might've been uh, another pass on the editing table uh not not so much because not so much for the the village itself but like the way it was cut like with the village raid it felt it felt it felt slow like it it didn't feel as frenetic and as as crazy as something like that maybe should have uh and i noticed that a lot throughout the movie like they would hold a little long on a character uh after they were done you know trying to get across what they were saying or uh, like the, the cuts weren't driving the, the narrative in a sense. It, it felt kind of sloppily edited, not so much shot cinematography was because there's some great shots in that film. Um, and I think a lot of it also may come from the performances. Uh, it, it, it didn't, and there were, there were definitely some good performances. A lot of the time it felt like people weren't taking it as seriously as they could. Like they weren't, as passionate about the material like they weren't like you, you see the way that schwarzenegger like heaves an axe at somebody and it felt like he wasn't even felt like he was just trying to softly tap them like i don't know so, something about it felt like they weren't in it oh that's lot. interesting because i i feel it, the i've always felt the complete opposite i mean yeah i Which don't I think, I think says something about going to see it on the big screen as a kid versus watching it on a small screen as an adult well uh yeah but I also which, feel which I understand like the savagery yeah. of Conan is missing. Mm-hmm. Like I think that mm-hmm. what is going on here to a certain extent is that they were they seem to be trying to uh infuse Conan with a bit more wisdom in, in this movie, mm-hmm. maybe than what at least the one story in the comics that I've read. I mean, he's very smart, he's very cunning and stuff like that, but he is a brute force, right? So I can understand yeah. like what you're talking about there. Um, I feel like for me, what this sort of movie achieves is blending that sort of fantasy universe with a sort of more, it gives it room to breathe, right? Like it gives it, it gives it room to take, take it in. And you may be right in that it's doing that for the sake of the audience. You know what I'm saying? It's doing that for like, they're introducing so much stuff where like you and I and Evis are very much like we're we we're steeped in this, right? Even at <laughs> nine or ten years old, right? Like mm-hmm. we love like sword and whatever. But I think for a movie like this, uh, you're introducing like so much crazy the the you know, I mean the mother getting beheaded, the the riddle of Crom and stuff like mm-hmm. you gotta give it room to breathe and you gotta give the audience room to process it. And that is actually one of the things that I very much like. I mean if it was just like an on and on like action sort of like gore barbarian <laughs> screwing damsels, you know, drinking and blah, blah, blah. Like that to me would make it a more uninteresting sort of just 
basic action movie. Like what mm-hmm. I really like is the development of Conan. Like, look, let's face it. Like Schwarzenegger, also probably for you, Dalton, like, and me and Evis, especially at this point, but maybe for you, there's all this baggage associated with Schwarzenegger, right? <laughs> like, and I and, like Predator. Yeah. No, I mean, I like, I like a lot of his movies. <laughs> I'm not going to, as a human being, he seems like a piece of garbage, but you know, yeah. I mean, he impregnates. This was his first like big film, right? Yeah, I think Conan. so. Yeah. Well, well, this was the film I think that this is the film that got him that made him yeah. a star. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That that broke I mean, him through. A few other things. That yeah, broke what? him through to the to the yeah, kind yeah. of mainstream, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be the villain that western he did with Kirk Douglas. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, or or the Hercules in New York, right? Well, Hercules like the, in the New badly York, yeah. dubbed comedy, which Dalton. See, I really, I really like the uh, the one where he's uh, Danny DeVito's twin brother. Yeah, well, twins. That that comes much <laughs> later. He's a big star I'm, by that time. Dalton. I'm he's still a big waiting star. for triple. I'm still waiting for triplets with Eddie Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously thinking about too. No, but I mean, like obviously Schwarzenegger is not like in this movie. He's, you know, I mean, what do you do with a movie like this? I mean, that was sort of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we didn't have CGI, we didn't have keto, we didn't have like whatever the hell else, you know, movie stars are great. What's that? The effects were fantastic. As yeah, well. yeah. I, really I mean, so I mean, I think you've got to go to a bodybuilder, and that that was one of the things I watched the documentary on YouTube about the making of it, and mm-hmm. or listened to it, and John Millis, which I believe it's from the DVD and and stuff like that, because people on YouTube upload things that you shouldn't, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, I watched it, and John Millis is that how you pronounce it, Evis M- Millis? The director? Mil- Milius, Milius. Milius, Milius. Yeah. I, I saw the whole documentary about him too a while ago. And I think that was one of the things that um, the producers had a problem with Schwarzenegger, which was like, how can we understand him? Like his accent and stuff <laughs> like that. But Millis was like, dude, if we didn't, like if we didn't have Schwarzenegger, we would have to build him, right? Like we right. would have to build that guy. Like where do you, and obviously bodybuilding and stuff like that was not, the, it was just kind of exploding in the 80s, all that exercise stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, for me, this is very much like uh, for Schwarzenegger is the only film I've ever seen him in where there's or at least uh, that has some gravitas a bit to where there's an arc, right? Like where he starts at one place and he mm-hmm. kind of goes to another and I very much love the development of his character too. By the, I love that bit of dialogue at the end where he's going to face off with Tulsa Doom's like troops, and he's he's kind of like reciting to Crom or whatever, and he's going like, "Well, you know, this is it, you know, and I hope that you're here to you know guide me or whatever." You know, I'm paraphrasing obviously, and he mm-hmm. says like, "But if you're not, well, then fuck you. I don't care. Like, I'm gonna, you yeah. know." And I, I like that. Yeah. I love all that sort of stuff where you start as like a child. And you believe, and then Thulsa Dune like gives him, which is one of the best lines of whatever dialogue or speech speechifying in the movie when he reveals what the, what the riddle is, you know, where it's like people mm-hmm. like you think this is power, like this, and he turns to the girl and she like walks off the the cliff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff to me is just all great. So I understand where you're coming from, and I I could probably understand. Uh, I mean, I understand where probably a lot of Conan fans are coming from. What's interesting to me is how how this much of this um, stuff has never been um, pursued any further, especially when we've got TV shows like Game of Thrones, where it's like, hey, incest yeah. is best, whatever, uh, the Red Wedding <laughs> and, and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, we're at a point where it would be ripe for what you're talking about, I think. Yeah, I think, I, well, and I think, Conan started in the, those 
pulp magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short stories, little little bite-sized chunks of Conan. And I think Conan might be one of those characters that works in bite-sized chunks, uh, where you can do that huge that that that's over the top legendary uh, force of nature that I'm a fan of. But if you do enough of those bite-sized chunks, you can have an arc over a season of television. Yeah, yeah. And you can have yeah. you can have both worlds if you and you and you get that in the comics a lot as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I so I, I something's got to be going on with the Howard estate for someone not to have picked up Conan for a huge like Netflix like, show crime yeah. streaming yeah television show yeah. like Conan Conan's ripe for it and I think he'd work great in a setting like that conan works in serialized storytelling most of all yeah uh, and I, I think that would benefit him greatly i think that's interesting. well well we did have there were there were two animated conan shows oh god <laughs> right and, 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 and there was a live action conan conan the adventurer oh that's right that's right the okay. 80s thing i never watched that oh yeah yeah that was like a syndicated show right yeah so, yeah yeah it was I mean, another so bodybuilder attempts there were attempts, and yeah. then you have then you have the the Jason Momoa 2011 movie, yeah. Which, which when you talk about Dalton about feeling small and and you know it that to me felt like a small movie. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. To the, me, it felt like it. I I I felt this had a, a more grandiose uh, feel to it. Well, to me, sure. this this movie feels grounded, like in reality, and probably because of in quote unquote reality, right? There's like giant snakes and snake cults mm -hmm. and all this stuff, like like this particularly feels like it's real because you don't have like tons of like CGI and you don't have like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Whatever's go, whatever's going on on that screen is kind of happening. Kind of like the temple yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, the Jason Momo, the, the problem with the Jason Momoa movie is at least remembering what I saw when I saw it. And I think I saw it streaming. So I did not go see it in a theater. Um, and not having any knowledge of Jason Momoa before I saw this, maybe he was on game of Thrones or something. Um, yeah. but, uh, and on game of Thrones, let's be fair. Like he has an amazing presence, but he didn't have like tons of dialogue, right? Like he wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think in, in that movie, they make him more of like a, he adds his swagger to it, right? Like a swashbuckling swagger. And it's funny, Dalton, like, because we all have, like, our sort of idea of, like, what Conan is. And yeah. I'm like, that's not Conan. Conan is not, like, quippy. <laughs> yeah. Conan is not, like, right. Conan comes in and slams through the door and fucking cuts everybody's head off and yep. is like, there, I'm done. Like, he doesn't negotiate. He's like the Terminator, right? So yeah. it's interesting that this first movie is not that. And and Conan the Destroyer, you're not going to get that in that either at all. Um, so it's interesting to me because, I mean, I feel like they went and tried to, as funny as it is to say for this movie, kind of humanize Conan for mm -hmm. the audience, right? And, yeah. and there's obviously a segment that is like, no, that's not what I want. I just want him to co come in and kick some mm -hmm. ass and take names and, and you know, sorcerers and, and stuff like that. And that's, that's very interesting how like we both kind of, cause you know, for me, again, like Schwarzenegger, there's, he's not a great actor, but he has presence, right? He does. And, and for yeah. me, this was like, obviously this is his first big movie, right? And this is his first like kind of big starring thing. And he's trying, you know what I mean? Like he's, mm -hmm. he's, 
And I felt like... You can see it, yeah. Well, I feel, I feel like what he did really well in this movie was use his inexperience, right? Because Conan in mm -hmm. this movie is new to the world. He's kind of figuring things out. He's a little bit headstrong. And I feel like that is very, comes through in Schwarzenegger's performance. Like, he is obviously very much, like, new to this. This is his first vehicle, and that comes through in Conan. And that's not what maybe fans like you want, you know what I mean? But for right. somebody like me watching an origin story of some somebody go through stuff and come through. And what's interesting is, like, I think Oliver Stone had said, like, his original, when he was involved with the script idea, was, like, very much what you're talking about, like mutants and fighting and, and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And that there would be, like, a 12-series movie, that it would be like James Bond. Like every couple of years, uh, yeah. Schwarzenegger would come back and there would be a new chapter. And I think John Milius, um, his idea was that it was going to be a trilogy, right? And this first mm -hmm. one would yep. be the opening salvo. And then the second one was going to be, and each, each movie would be sort of about something. But what's also interesting <clears throat> in watching this documentary is that none of these guys, except for maybe Oliver Stone, I think, had any experience with any of the books like before or mm -hmm. the comics. And what's interesting is in the documentary, they refer to the comics primarily. They're like, Oh, I'd never been exposed to the comics character. And I'm like, no, it's, it's a started off as a book. So <laughs> you have sort of producers, directors sort of being ignorant going into it, then discovering mm -hmm. and then building their, their own thing out of it, which is what Hollywood does. Right. Yeah. Wait, Wait, De Laurentiis I, didn't know what he was yeah, talking about. Yeah, De Laurentiis <laughs> bought the script off of Oliver Stone, apparently. Yeah. Because yeah. Oliver Stone and his producing partner were, had been rejected by the studio so much that they were like, this thing has broken our hearts. Let's just shelve it off onto De Laurentiis and, and you know, get it going, you know? See, now you've gotten me, like, excited for an alternate universe that has never happened. Where, <laughs> that where is my Conan life. the Barbarian where Conan the Barbarian is the sword and sorcery James Bond. Yeah. Where it's just yeah. a long, just a long series of films. Every few years you recast uh, Conan. Yeah. And it's just adventure, Conan, fantastic. Like, oh man, I want that. I, well, I, I want, <laughs> I want, I I want a legacy of like 50 Conan films and you well, can, everyone kinda, has their favorite Conan. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of got that in this first film because he does get gadgets and he gets laid a lot. So, <laughs> he does yeah yeah so i which i'd forgotten yeah. completely especially but and when we learned in the first one he's a gentle lover <laughs> well puts puts the sweater over her yeah. takes her down nicely yeah the rapes you know, and, yeah they're, they're, yeah, yeah it, he's a gentle I, lover you know i i did have a, a very important question about uh conan the destroyer because okay. uh the best part of the film for me was james earl jones sure as Tulsa do and uh that that scene where they're invading the temple and Thulsa Doom turns into a snake and slithers away and then they never bring it up again. Yeah. Uh, but he escapes at the end of this film on horseback. Uh, in The Destroyer, do they ever have Thulsa Doom no. be a snake no. man on screen? No, no, no. no Thulsa Thulsa Doom doesn't, even... I hate to spoil it for you, but yeah. th there's none of that. The ca none of the cast returns. Like, none of his partners that was, return. That was the cool I, I want to see him turn into a snake man and fight conan why is that 
what are you doing? Yeah. Did you blow your special effects budget on the, the elongated face? The like, elongated come on, guys. Face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that the Destroyer is not... I mean, I remember seeing it in the theater as a kid and just being like, oh, wow. Like, it's... Like, Eva seems to like it. I don't hate it. I actually want to rewatch it. I have the DVD... Uh, the Blu-ray set of, like, both movies. Like, it's like the Conan... I got it for from a present from my wife like a while ago. And, um, and it's funny, Dalton, we, when we, I, we brought my wife with us, you know, to go see it and, and she really likes it. Like, she's like, Oh mm-hmm. wow. And I think that again, that's tapping into the audience that doesn't know this character where it's like, right. yeah. if he was just like screwing and fucking and hitting and blah, 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 yeah. you know, I think that maybe there, the, that a certain part of the audience might be, um, you know, I don't know, not turned off by that, but who knows? I, I you know, I don't no. know, but yeah, no, th- this movie exists the way it does for a very p- specific reason. And it was successful because of that. Yeah. And it introduced an entire generation to Conan that otherwise maybe would never have known about him. Uh, so the movie's important. It's important, not only uh, for Conan the Barbarian, but uh, for, for Hollywood, for Schwarzenegger. Um, it's, it's a big, bold film uh, that doesn't always stick the landing, but at the very least, uh, it refuses to uh, be ignored. Well, what's interesting to me is when we talk about the Destroyer too, is how much the Destroyer ignores any of the lessons of the success of the first movie. It is very okay. much like, hey, let's kidify this. Like, let's make it so oh, that yeah. it's digestible uh, for kids. You know what they, I mean? They neutered it completely. Yeah, they completely mm-hmm. neutered it. It becomes like a thing. I think- Is it a PG-13 film? Yeah, it's a PG-13 movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. And it's really, I mean, Grace Jones is in it. You know, there's some some interesting uh, ideas that they have that never really become- developed at all and it's just a quest movie right it's very much Mm. like now i'm gonna have to go watch it this afternoon because i mean like i (laughs) i haven't seen it in so long but like olivia diabo is in it and it's olivia right it's one of the diabo sisters i can't remember yeah it's olivia diabo yeah who is obviously a beautiful like young princess who obviously you would expect conan to want to like despoil on this and it's just uh, the relationship is completely chased nothing wrong with Mm. that people don't don't at me or whatever's going on. I'm not on Twitter anymore, <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying like the things that you would expect from a Conan film are not what you're going to, I mean, if you really were like, this is not Conan, that movie is going to be like, this is not Conan. This is some <laughs> other thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think one of the highlights of the film, at least, at, you know, now having the film being out for so long is the fact that, you know, you got Wilt Chamberlain, it was proudly claimed that he's had sex like 20,000 times. That's the destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's destroyer. Being cast as the as a guy who's supposed to guard the virginity of a princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like that's genius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, some so I I want to talk about Jerry Lopez and Sandel Bergman yep. and mm-hmm. and Mako and you know the supporting cast because I mean I really feel like 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 that they add something. It's funny cuz Jerry Lopez was just like a surfing buddy of the directors, not an actor, and I think that he is great in the movie. I like I think the one of the the smart things to do that that TV realized a, a while ago, particularly with sitcoms, if you have like a figurehead or a star in the show who's not as good as a comedic actor or great, that's gonna that you're gonna anchor your 
your sort of sitcom on is to surround them with good talent, right? So you've got Dulce Dune, right? James Earl Jones. You cannot beat that, mm-hmm. right? Because he's one of the greatest actors of all time. But Sandal Bergman is, is like great in this. I think she adds like a really, she adds the heart of the movie, um, but she's badass too. Uh, she looks amazing and she looks like she could kick, kick anybody's ass. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Subutai to me was just great as like, I love how he discovers them like outside of the witch's um, hut. And they're like, he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, whatever. And and then he just brings them along and they become like instant friends. You know what I mean? And he's kind of like the thief, like the real thief in Dungeons and Dragons. And is kind of like walking him through stuff. And Mako as the sorcerer, he's just great. He's kind of like the comedy relief a bit and, and stuff like that. I just feel like they are kind of like what helps round out this movie. And again, my lack of exposure to like Conan stories. I don't know that that's something that's in them, but I love that in this, you know what I mean? I, I do really like the romance angle. I think as, as corny as probably a lot of people think, I, I think it softens him a bit, you know, again, for the general audience, kind of like what we're talking about. It show gives him something to care about beyond just material items, you know, and establishes like a bond of like friendship which I think that in a film like this, you kind of need. So again, what I really like is the formation of his family. And I like how, as opposed to film today, and I said it earlier, it doesn't hammer you on that. Like they never get together and put arms around each other. Like we're a family. (laughs) Like, I love you guys. You're the greatest. You know what I mean? There's none of that. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is what we've gelled into and uh, I love Subutai's line at the end when when Valeria, spoiler, um, dies and he goes uh, and the the uh, Mako's like, why why are you crying? And he's like, Conan cannot cry. So I cry for That was a good line. <laughs> it's so that great. was good. Yeah. I love that stuff. There's so many like and it's interesting because for me, what I love about it is also um, um, economy of dialogue. Right. Like one of it very much shows and it doesn't tell. Like I said, in the beginning of the movie, he barely has any dialogue like he doesn't like I think for half an hour, like Conan doesn't say Mm -hmm. you've got the wheel. of, And then but there's a lot of character building at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that is a, a skill that a lot of directors do not have. And that's one of the reasons that I admire this movie. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but. I know. I completely agree. I don't. I. I mean, you. It. Yeah. They do a lot more showing than telling, which is which I think, which is mm-hmm. the smart thing to do when it comes to a film. But I've, I know we've probably all seen movies where they're like explaining things, and you're like, well, I. I'd much rather see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show me that. Yeah. Uh. But. Uh. Yeah. But also interesting. Like, kind of go back to Destroyer. The idea that they sort of like. They they kind of downgraded characters in Destroyer, like uh, you know where we have Sub Subatai in this one, but then you have uh, uh, Tracy. What's his What's the actor's name? It's uh, Tracy something who plays the the his his thief partner in Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then they kind of split it, and then that my theory was that because they cast a surfer, non actor surfer guy, in this film, they're like, well, we'll just get a basketball player <laughs> yeah, that'll, yeah that'll work yeah you know and it's interesting because like i said it's such a downgrade in the sense of like you know you make a sequel and you want to expand and make it bigger and make it you know i think you know just grow the story or grow the characters or grow the the environment so much more but yet they just like really like i used the word again neutered 
the the characters and everything in in the second one to make it kid friendly, which was it was a really weird trend around that time too. Because you look at films, you got Rambo, you got RoboCop that eventually became cartoons. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. whole trend of inappropriate taking these kids. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they took these action heroes or these action characters but were, that were in incredibly violent movies. Yeah. Well, it, First Blood's not that violent. I'll take that back. Uh, Rambo Part Two is where it gets. First it, Blood's pretty violent. I mean, I no, think. it's not. Yeah. No, there's, there's one death, and it's not even Rambo's fault. I can't remember, but he fucked yeah, the some guy people fell, up. Well, he beat people. Yeah, <laughs> he beat people up. But he blows up a guy in part is two. Is violence defined for you as something ending in death? <laughs> is that pretty much? Cause... I, well, violence for me is like excessive blood and gore, and there oh, wasn't gotcha, anything gotcha. like that. Gotcha. There, it really wasn't. I mean, Violence you know, for me oh. is hitting and punching and kicking and, <laughs> and scratching and stuff that's, like that. That's called boxing. <laughs> yeah, which is no. violent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody but this dies. idea of taking these – well, okay, I'll say it this way. These, taking these R-rated characters because these all yeah, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually – making them hell there was even a police academy cartoon series <laughs> well it's the, it's the classic uh capitalist bonehead move where you're trying to make as much money off of a property as you can so why not market it to kids who need action figures to play with sure like, absolutely it, it completely makes sense for the era have, i would have loved to have had a a action figure set of police academy where you can stick a cop's head in a horse's ass <laughs> Right. Like, well, they if they thought it would sell, they would make it. They would. Make I would have bought yeah. it. They would have sold to me. I would have bought it. Well, I yeah. think that, that. Well, that's also the thing too with sequels, right? The adding humor, making them humor, making Superman two, like all that stuff is like. I mean, even RoboCop two, right? Like RoboCop two doesn't land the satire as well as like the first one. Oh, no. So like Conan the De the destroy, and it's funny because it's called. Conan the Destroyer, right? And there's he's like not destroying. And they also have a scene which is a direct rip ripoff of like Enter the Dragon at the end with with Bruce Lee fighting oh, with in the, the mirrors. Mirror. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, I remember even as a kid having seen Enter the Dragon and being like, Wow, you guys ripped off Enter the Dragon. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Like, how did how did this Conan movie rip off Enter the Dragon? Like a Bruce Lee classic. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, Speaking of, I, I want to, um, I want to see a young, like a little young Christian, just screaming at the screen, going, "How dare you rip off into the dragon?" <laughs> no, <laughs> I was more respectful back then. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say, Dalton? I said, speaking of uh, ripoffs and toy lines, uh, we can't forget that Conan the Barbarian, the 1982 masterpiece, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, is the uh, the reason we have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. They were yeah. going to make a barbarian toy line, and they thought the movie was too violent, so they had to craft an entirely new narrative around their barbarian action figures. Yeah. And yeah. now we have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, yeah, thanks to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I love those He-Man toys. I love yeah. those He-Man toys. And right? they're so they're so stacked. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> they're totally ripped. They're totally ripped. They recently came out with like a 40th anniversary figure, which I, yeah. I happened to come across at Target. And I was like, I'm mm -hmm. going to buy that. And I did buy it. And it was really well done. It looks like the figure, but they gave it, because that was one of the things with the He-Man figures, right? You couldn't bend the arms. They kind of just were like, yeah. they were like statues almost that twisted at the waist, right? And maybe How do they even yeah. wipe themselves? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really, with the fur, with their fur loincloths. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, wish, I mean. I wish Conan had had like man-e faces. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Okay, if this Conan movie had just been He-Man, like, 
But we did get a He-Man movie. We got a He-Man movie. Oh, it's horrible. Maddie faces. And I mean, come on. I mean, in this day and age, you make a He-Man movie and then someone could go, really? That's the face you chose? (laughs) That's the face you chose. As long as you get Stingcore. I mean, stink. Oh yeah, you got that stink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's. I mean that is part of like that. Evis and I were chatting a little bit after the movie, or maybe even before the movie, where where we were talking about like, you know, it seemed like the industry didn't have respect for this sort of thing, like this type of movie at the time. But it's interesting because there were a lot of this type of movie made. There were a lot of like Conan knockoffs. To your point, Masters of the Universe, right? There's like Beastmaster. There's like all these things that they tried to tack on. And somebody somewhere must have liked this stuff to make it, right? I think it was mostly a... uh, And I think it's... uh, it might be emblematic of, of today's Hollywood as well. Um, the way they, they churn out, uh, superheroes. Um, I don't know if the industry necessarily respects the material, but they definitely see how much money it makes. Okay. And so they will churn it out. And if they put out a below grade product, as long as it looks like the thing that make them made the most money the last time, it's, it's fine. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's how you get Beastmaster, right? Like it, it's not because people respect sword and sorcery fantasy narratives. It's because they see that Conan made a pretty good number at the box office. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's Hollywood from the eighties to today. That's, that's Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, just trying to, fr- trying to find the next franchise. And but if those uh, spinoffs yeah. don't make money, right? Like, because, I mean, it's consistent. I mean, up to the point of, like, yeah. what? Lady Hawk, Dragon Slayer. Like, that's a Dennis yeah. Quaid movie, right? Dragon Slayer? Yeah, the, that's, that's a that's Dennis Quaid. Pepsi, Harrison. We were talking uh, earlier on about Dreamscape because Evis recently watched it before we signed on. That's how Dennis Quaid came up in this. And yeah. Dalton referred him. <laughs> what did you Like, the, the Pepsi Harrison Ford. Oof, yeah. that's rough. Yeah. That's No, but, I mean, I'm saying, like, there must have been some contingent in Hollywood that that I mean, obviously something like this opens up the doors, right? And there's got to be somewhere, yeah. someone sitting somewhere. I've always wanted to make this Beastmaster movie, or I've always wanted to make this movie with the dragon, and 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 they kept making them, even though they didn't make tons of money, I guess. So there must have been some love for them somewhere. I guess, you know, they kept trying to make superhero movies, I get. Like, I I don't know, even though some they would just consistently lack making money unless they're all just tax write offs. I I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, but you also have to look at like, number one, I mean, not even the 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 international ripoffs of Conan. You got the Italian, the Italian ripoffs. Yeah, yeah. the seven gladiators with Lou Ferrigno that was in Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, stuff like, I mean, and, and those were, you know, I don't even want to say they were made on a shoestring, but I don't, I don't really think the shoestring was even existing. I think it was <laughs> a, a, a broken shoe that that was the amount of money they had. So any money that, that came in from those were pro was, was profitable, like gotcha. whatever, like, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, and I know probably not until, I would probably say the mid to late days is when the whole direct video thing started making a name, started becoming more prevalent. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you could just churn out all these these types of things. Yeah. I mean, granted, I will say that, yeah, without Conan, I don't think we would have gotten Beastmaster. We would have gotten your the hunter from <laughs> your. Oh, my you know? God. You know, and and you know what? Wouldn't have gotten Thundar the Barbarian. Thundar the Barbarian. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and see, that's Jack Kirby right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I would love a Thundar movie. Like, yeah, really how has that not been tapped at Conan all? Conan with like, a lightsaber. Like, come on, guys. How is nobody... Conan with a Chewbacca ripoff. <laughs> yeah, and that must be it because, I mean, I know they got sued um, or threatened to be sued. I, I can't imagine that Lucasfilm or Disney would look at a Thunder the Barbarian movie and be like, "Yeah, I don't think you want to do that, guys." Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, don't Thundar, know. Thundar did look like you know a roided up Mark Hamill. <laughs> he did, he did. You're right with the the bowl haircut. The yeah, bowl with hair. the same haircut. He had yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so just some things that I noticed on the big screen this time that we were talking about. Like, uh, I remember thinking, like, why is Valeria the one that gets hit with the arrow? With Dulce Dune, but watching it on the big screen, she's wearing the Eye of the Serpent. She's and he goes mm-hmm. seek. He pulls out the like you mentioned earlier. You know he goes like seek and stuff like that. And so she's and she also makes a deal with the gods, right, for like Conan's life mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. Um, very much like oh, I was like okay, now it makes sense to me that you know why she gets hit. Uh, that was one of the things that I very much. Uh, had been wondering about as the event was coming in the movie and I was remembering like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Why does she, why does he miss Conan and hit her? But that's that's the reasoning. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I very much like the actress who played his mom uh, and she has no lines and stuff like that. But when Thulsa do like she faces off, I was like, wow, Hey, she's gorgeous. I don't know who she is. And she's, <laughs> she's got the sword and she looks like she's going to kick some ass Conan's mom. And then Thulsa Dune like very much like puts the whammy on her. Right. And is like, <laughs> you know, drop the sword or whatever. And I like the way he put, puts the whammy. On her. <laughs> he, puts the, he puts a whammy on her. He looks at her and you know, he's very much like, you know, put the sword down and she, um, so there's moments like that. Obviously the moment where her head gets cut off to me will always be like iconic. I, I do remember as a child sitting there and being like, what, just, what, just, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> what happened? Um, you know, and obviously there is the, the giant snake, which I thought, which is weird yeah. because for me, like it came off. Okay. You know, in when I watched it this time, like in the past, I've always been like, yeah, look, I mean, it doesn't look real. You know what I mean? But it came off OK for me. How about you guys? You mean, wait, snake. when the snake, the giant kills? snake, when he wrestles with the giant snake, remember? Oh, yeah, He's that like, looked fine. I mean, yeah. I wasn't, you know, yes, yeah. I was kind of I mean, I, I was a little like so when Thulsa turns into a snake. Yeah. I, when I when I was one, I'm like, so is he like that bigger snake? Is obviously it's a snake, but it was raised by the, the what's his name, the guy who had the other the guy, hammer. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, but then I was wondering, like, well, if he can turn into a snake, why doesn't he turn into a snake more often? Like, what, like, sure. who, I, it was kind of like I was like a little thrown by, like, when I, re- I remembered that and I thought it was great. And I think I've always been like, wow, that looks really cool when he turns into a snake. And then I'm like, but then in this screen, I was like, hmm, really, you can turn into a snake and you just stay human. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does. It. I will give him though. It does take him a long time to turn into a snake. Yeah. Yeah. It does <laughs> take like, him a while. Does did you guys happen? ever? Did, did anybody ever watch a show called Manimal? Oh, oh my God. yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, Simon Corkadel. We're bringing it's, up Manimal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing it up because there, I mean, it's only six episodes, and you can watch them. And I love that show. That turns show's into a cat. Stupid. No, he turned into different animals. A leopard. Yeah, I know, but there's. Turns a, but that was the issue. Was the fact that. It took him a, like every they would show that transformation, and it took a while <laughs> for him to turn. Hollywood so anytime magic. he got chased, 
every time he got chased by criminals, like you figure like at some point they're in a warehouse, they turn a corner and there's like this weird half hawk, half guy just there still changing. I mean, oh, be just give me a minute, guys. Give me a minute, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need my talents to grow out. Give me just one wait. second. Yeah. Give me my talents. Well, I think I think that Thul Sadoon felt secure, and he didn't know that he was like being invaded. Like, it's his safe space to change into a. He snake. can finally be himself. He, yeah, he can be himself. He was like <laughs> changing. Human he was skin. changing in the cult. The one thing that I never realized was during the screen. Maybe I did in the past, but that I saw this time was that they're cannibals. Like that was the one yeah. thing that I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Maybe I, I I don't know. Maybe it just clicked this time where it's like, oh, the stew has body parts. I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> those, I was like, I mean, that's crazy. It was one of those things that it took me a second to uh, connect the the dots. But it's one of those things you guys are talking about how it uh, shows and doesn't tell. Like you see the bodies being taken down from the the hooks in the background yeah. as they invade. Yeah. And then and then I'm like, wait a second, are those? Are those limbless bodies? Yeah. And then you see the guy stirring the pot, yep. and I'm like, okay, they've got a pot, that's fine. And then he like pours it out, and there's a hand that falls there's a hand out. That and comes I'm like, out. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. What that's what they're doing. All and right. it goes by really quickly, and they don't make a big deal out of it either. Nope. In another movie, you would see people like, ah, nah, nah, you know, like yeah. Night of the Living Dead. They, 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 they don't make a big that. I very much li like to. And yeah, I mean, one of the the I loved Valeria in this movie. I love the whole like, do you want to live forever thing? I love yeah. how she's got more swagger and adventure in her than any of the other characters. Uh, she's got more passion. I think she's kind of like the heart of the movie, like I said earlier. And I, that was one of the things that I thought I was like, man, what happened to that actress? Like, I mean, I looked up her credits, not a lot done. There is a, a movie that she did. Maybe it was one of those Italian knockoffs or foreign knockoffs. She did a movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a sort I think it's called her or she or something like that. And it's, it's. I tried to watch it on Amazon Prime a while ago, and and I, it was just boring. If I mean, if you think this this was slow, that was slow. But I mean, I feel like that's an actress who probably she was a dancer. I think she was in all that jazz too. Um, but I feel like that's yeah. an actress that probably could have that again. I feel it's very um, sort of um, iconic of like people. Uh, I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago that I was listening to. Um, the plot thickens the Turner classic movies podcast. And they did a whole, this season was on Pam Greer and like after the black exploitation era, they didn't know what to do with her because she was so tall and so busty. And so like, and that's the thing is like Hollywood, not knowing what to do with the woman mm -hmm. that doesn't fall into the female sort of like stereotype of dainty and thin and pretty, you know what I mean? And I feel like that Sandal Bergman, uh, uh, should have gotten more opportunities because I feel like that she she lends this movie a lot and she could have been an action heroine on her own. You know what I mean? Schwarzenegger took yeah. off and started making action movies. E she could have easily been like a fe sexy female assassin or badass or in something, but... Uh, I mean, they made a Red know. Sonja movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they made it. Don't watch it. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to want to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In any case, at first, okay. So I had never, you know, I hadn't seen this movie before. And at the very end, when the they they pull the um the angel out of their ass to save Conan. Oh yeah, and, they, uh, yeah. When Valeria, yeah. yeah, when she comes back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back. I love that. But I, I saw the the chainmail yeah. armor, and I was like, 
wait, is Sonya in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it wasn't. I, I was like, there's no way they're going to introduce Sonya this late. Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was, I was like, oh, okay, they brought her back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 they didn't introduce her. So uh, Dalton, one of the things that I do not like about this movie is the end. I feel like the very last, like when he faces off of against Dulce Dune, is a mm-hmm. little anticlimactic. It kind of falls oh, apart yeah. right there. It feels to me like they ran out of budget almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that that one of the failures of a lot of, like the, the Michael Keaton Batman film, I will just mm-hmm. use as an example, like when he faces off against the Joker, it's barely a challenge. There's like nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's where the movie, the ending kind of falls apart for me. Um, despite, you know, the Thulsa Dune, I really do like the Thulsa Dune bit where, again, he's using the psychological, like, I made you, you know, the only reason you exist is because it's that mm-hmm. villain thing. And they probably could have hit that, they could have hit that speech uh, on, uh, you know, nailed it on the head a bit more. But like, I do like that sort of like, you know, duality of the arch villain which is like you hate me but the only reason that you exist is because of me you know what i mean and i like that but i feel like that the moment leading up to that even though they had the big sort of climactic you know fight out in the desert or whatever with his followers and stuff where he has to run and attempts to kill the princess you know with his arrow his snake arrow for me that 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 is where the movie kind of falls apart. I still kind of like it again because of that yeah. speech that James Earl Jones gives, but there's no challenge, big challenge to it. Right. So the yeah. movie does feel like it should have climaxed at their invasion of the temple. Yeah. Uh, because like you have the invasion and then they run away to go fight in the desert rocks and then Dulce Doom comes out and then Dulce Doom runs back to the temple yeah. and they have to go back to the temple and then they they have the little beheading bit at the top of the temple like they they should have just had them invade have the final fight be in the temple and then have the final thing be on the top and and Dulce Doom gets gets beheaded yeah. like you don't need that whole desert bit there it, um and it it does feel like it saps a lot of energy from the final confrontation that uh, definitely needed a bit more heft. Yeah, I I mean I well, feel well, like the ending the ending itself is Apocalypse Now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Willard. That's Willard killing Kurtz. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's and Milius, I know didn't necessarily like the way Coppola handled it in Apocalypse Now, so he just made his own version of it. Sure. 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 I mean, for me, I love the desert confrontation more because it's like them being being wily and crafty and guerrilla warfare Mm -hmm. and them facing i love the valeria bit where she kind of pops out of nowhere in the valkyrie armor and she's like Mm -hmm. do you want to live forever and saves him at the last gives him a chance to like recoup because he's getting his ass kicked i feel like the the final confrontation with thulsa dune doom may have been better i keep calling him dune doom doom whatever um <laughs> wrong movie christian salsa dune Thulsa he's dune. spicy he's, he's in the desert uh i feel like that should have maybe happened in in the desert or to your point maybe in the in the temple or whatever but like maybe when he ta- finally does take out Thulsa, um he maybe shows up at the temple with his head or something and you know i think mm-hmm. if you had somebody who was able to be a bit more verbose than Schwarzenegger was at the time, you know, he could have given a speech and thrown the thing down on his, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, on the steps. But I love the swinging of the, 
whatever the the lantern and lighting the place on fire i, I like yeah. that that's cool and again um i mean for anybody who knows me that soundtrack is just amazing like that Great that soundtrack. soundtrack has gotten me the score has is is proof like if you had any other score or if you had a crappy score, this movie would have fallen on its face. I feel like like as well as well as good as everything else is made for me, the score is what saves it, like really takes it mm -hmm. over the top. Right. And uh, that score has gotten me through many uh, late Friday afternoons at work where I am. I am fading fast and I need something to, you know, I, I, I don't drink caffeine, so I need something to get me going. And I will put that on my, my phone and just blast it into my headphones just to, to get me. So, uh, it is absolutely to me, I mean, just as iconic as any John Williams score. So like, uh, I love it. I love it. Um, so any final thoughts on Conan the Barbarian, our Christmas movie for the year, Christmas with Conan the Barbarian. It's it's so happy and cheery and and light. Yeah. Well, come on, especially when he gets crucified. Isn't yeah. it great when Clarence shows up and decides to give him a second chance at let? No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, well, make sure you, make sure to leave out your golden winches, or Conan won't stop by and, and leave a sword. Yeah, exactly. If you if you hear the ringing, it means that Dulce Doom has returned. <laughs> Doom has returned. Well, Dalton, I'm sorry that you didn't enjoy the movie as much as as we did. Um, but I appreciate you coming on to the podcast to yeah, share your it was thoughts. Fun. I don't disagree with uh anything that you're saying. I totally understand where you're coming from uh maybe once i read more of the books uh i might agree with you um but i feel like the between the books and this movie there is probably a perfect conan movie waiting to be made yeah and who knows the, who knows maybe dalton will make it someday dalton will get to make it because <laughs> yeah. we're old i'm the, old the great thing about conan is that there is a conan for everyone uh so like th there's a version of conan that that just speaks to somebody somewhere. So, and this movie spoke to so many. So like, I can't call it a bad movie. I was just bored during it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was thrilled. I loved it. I, I yeah. love it every time <laughs> I watch it. I love it. Every well, Dalton, tell people about your book and where can they get it? Yeah. So, uh, Frankenstein, the unconquered, uh, you can buy issue number one, either physically or digitally through our Ko-Fi shop. Uh, I believe it's under my writing partner's name, Wells Thompson. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Wells Thomp, T-H-O-M-P, if that website hasn't imploded yet. Oh, uh, I, I, have, I haven't looked at Twitter in a while. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can go to our, our Ko-Fi shop through Wells Thompson and, and grab the first issue. Uh, issue number two is currently being being made and will be uh, available on the Ko-Fi shop once that is is finalized. And then next year, we're going to be launching our Kickstarter for Frankenstein number three and four simultaneously Ooh, in one nice, nice. package. Uh, so stick around for, for more monsters with swords in yeah. a barbarian fantasy world. It's great. Well, even though you hate the Conan the Barbarian movie, you're welcome to come back at any time. <laughs> so come back and sell I, it to you. us on Kickstarter. Let, let's talk about Conan the Destroyer. Jeez, <laughs> oh, let's I, not... I, Let's it's not, let's not expose Dalton to any more movies My, that he won't no, enjoy. Like you've started a Christmas tradition. Like we kind of <laughs> have to at this point. Yeah, so we have to come back next year and talk about Conan the Destroyer. Oh, yeah. All right. Look, regardless of how bad that movie is, Sarah Douglas is still high. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Olivia Diabo is hot. Is it Olivia? She's okay. I like Sarah Douglas. Yeah. I am a new, <laughs> yeah, from, from Superman 2, this V. Oh, that's am... right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. wow. So I'm, wow. I'm perfectly on board with Sarah Douglas tormenting. <laughs> he just keeps sliding into Conan the Destroyer conversation. We're talking about Conan the Barbarian. We know how bad Conan just, the Destroyer is. Hey, he's a barbarian in that movie, too. Yeah, <laughs> not, not a very good one. Not a very good one. Not <laughs> a very good one, still... unfortunately. Yes. Give us Conan the King. I mean, that's what people have wanted. They've wanted. It was supposed. There were supposed to be three films, and then the third film became Cole the Conqueror. Oh, jeez. Really? Because it was supposed to be Conan the Conqueror. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, and, why does it? Why is it Schwarzenegger come back? Like that's the thing. It's like obviously I, I people would, have been wanting I it. I think he was. I think he was wrapped up with Predator. I was doing a little research on the film, so oh, I think he really? was wrapped yeah. up doing Predator and couldn't come back. Well, I think Look, even in recent years, people have been like, just do an older Conan, Conan do the King. Co do, do yeah, oh, yeah King, King Conan, Conan and then retire and that's yeah, it you're done be you done with end it. it with that be done with it i mean it doesn't matter that you impregnated your housekeeper's wife and cheated on you know, housekeeper and with your baby and cheated on your wife right like nobody cares about that <laughs> i mean that's barbarianism right 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 sorry i, I mean, had to get it in we we still go see chris pratt movies so nobody cares what the actors do <laughs> nobody cares yeah Nobody cares. All right. Somebody has to fill me in on Chris Pratt. I, I, I'm not paying attention. In any case. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this up. Evis, any final thoughts on Conan the Barbarian, not the Destroyer? Oh, okay. Uh, great film. Go see it. <laughs> all right. Evis, Evis Cannavale, Dalton K. Shannon, thank you for joining us. Frankenstein yes, the Unconquered. Do. My name is Christian Horn. This is the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. We have been talking about Conan the Barbarian, the 1982 movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, a wonderful human being by all accounts. Uh, yeah, check it out. I love the movie despite all that. And uh, I think it's great. You may too, or you may agree with Dalton that it's kind of slow. But either way, it's uh, it's one of the better fantasy entries, I think, from, from the era. Uh uh, yeah, and this is Part-Time Fanboy. My name is Christian Horn. Uh, check us out at our website, parttimefanboy.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com. This may very well be the final episode of 2022. I don't know. Things happen. Somebody else. There may be another interview. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate or don't celebrate, and a wonderful new year. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Part-time fanboy.